Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. It's good to be with you today, and I'm excited. I want you to know that I am very excited to be a part of today and a part of the legacy of this great house. And it's an honor to be here on the 98th anniversary. As Lisa mentioned, none of us were here at the first anniversary, um, but maybe you knew somebody who was. We have people who have been a part of this church 60, 70 years, maybe more. Uh, We still have one of our founding members. She's 104. Yeah, and she's in a care home, but she is bright as can be. Uh, beautiful, beautiful stories of faith throughout the years. And uh, we'll look forward to, you know, our 100th anniversary in just two years. And so, you know, I think at the 100th anniversary, we'll have to have like pyrotechnics and, you know, uh, confetti cannons and, you know, all, all balloons and stuff. But, you know, we're just going to We're just going to kind of ease in today. It's 98. You know, it's a good year. We're we're seeing the finish line toward 100. And, you know, I I love to have an eye on 100. From this vantage point at 98, it seems very close. But the building you sit in was dedicated on our 55th anniversary. And now here we are at our 98th anniversary. And I just think that there's something significant about the years that have marched on and and being a part of this church. Um, We're in a series. It's been a a really long series on the book of Nehemiah as part of our rebuilding time. And we looked at our homecoming, you know, and that kind of led us up to the point where um, where Nehemiah had built the wall. And then we shifted gears to this idea of the common heart. Because, you know, it's easy to celebrate the fact that Nehemiah and, and the Israelites rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem that had been torn down and was, you know, was, was burned by fires and so on. But there's something behind that wall. There's a deeper layer. There's a heart that motivated the people. And that's what we've been looking at. That's what we've been talking about. So Pastor Adam preached a few weeks ago on worship and the heart of worship. And, and then last week I talked about the heart that gives, and that was really the setup for today when we take our heart for the house offering. And our heart for the house offering is a one-time offering that we take, um, and, and we do it once a year. We give, we give profile to it once a year, and it's a special time to give for the house. Some of you might be wondering what the offering is for. It's for the building. It's for this house that's been here for many, many years. And, um, you know, when this building was built, it was state of the art. It was a beautiful picture of mid-century modern architecture. And it met the need of the season. It was, um, it was really something that people were coming to see because of the uniqueness of the glass and the, the, the architecture and so on. And it was, it was in that same spirit that we have kept moving forward. Not that we wanted to keep the same architectural style, but what we wanted to do was be current to the moment, current to the need. And so that's what's been happening in this kind of, this remodeling, this rebuilding, this renovation. 
It's been about keeping the spirit alive that put this heart, that put this house in place on our 55th anniversary. And so we continue to do that. So we've got a great project going on over here right now. And if you walk toward the washrooms and look through the glass, you'll see the beam is now up, the metal beam that's up that's going to support the mezzanine, the second level, and what will be our, our new lobby, our atrium building. And, and the work continues, and it's exciting. And so this offering helps us with the house. It helps us to continue to communicate that everybody's welcome here. And um, it, it helped. We're going to redesign our front door, as I talked about last week. Why? Because we're a city on a hill, and we need to be shining. And we don't want to be hidden. We want to be shining for Jesus, and, and we want everybody to know they're welcome here. And some of you may be asking, well, why the priority on the building? What about the world? What about the needs of the world? And, and I want to tell you, that's a great question. And it's something that we continue to keep in mind. I want you to know, we have our kingdom builders projects that we are doing all year long. And one of the major components of the kingdom builders projects is global initiatives. And so in fact, this week, we just sent $25,000 to start a brand new training center to train missionaries to go into the Arab world where there is an exploding revival right now so that the gospel can go into those places. Yeah. And beyond that, there are places in our world that are suffering because of the COVID shutdowns and the economies collapsing. And there are three specific places that we sent $10,000 each to help feed the hungry in those nations. And if you can believe it, one of the hardest hit places is Yemen. And so we sent $10,000 through our partners into Yemen to feed people in Jesus' name. We sent $10,000 to the Democratic Republic of Congo to feed people in Jesus' name. And we're working with local schools in Zimbabwe to feed people in Jesus' name. Yeah. Now, the exciting part of that is that we're working with ERDA, which is an emergency relief and development overseas organization, and they have a relationship with the Canadian government, and so every time you give a dollar, it turns into four dollars, so our you know, $10,000 to each country, that $30,000 actually becomes $120,000 of aid to those countries to feed people in need, and so I'm grateful. So it's not one or the other, friends. It's not one or the other. We're committed to what's going on in the world. We're committed to the gospel. We're committed to the next generation. We're committed to missions around the world. But we also have a heart for the house. And so that's what today is all about. And heart for the house fits so well into our series because when we track the story of Nehemiah, everything that Nehemiah did was about preserving and protecting the house of God. The temple had been rebuilt, but it was vulnerable. And so the wall needed to be built to protect the house of God. And so I think it's so perfect that today it's heart for the house because we're joining in that spirit of Nehemiah to say we're going to do everything we can to preserve and protect the future of the house. And that's why we're giving today. So I want to take you back to um, the early chapters of the book of Nehemiah. We're going to look at chapter three. And in chapter three, what we see is this consistent step-by-step kind of outlay of the map of the wall of Jerusalem as they talk about who built what. 
And I just think that it's, there's so many lessons here that I'm just going to begin to share them now. I'll make points along the way. And then I'm super excited for us to give together at the end of the service. We will not be passing a plate, but there's places to give at the back. I'm going to give with my phone. You can do that too. We'll do it together as a family in just a few minutes. First thought is this. Rebuilding isn't about equal giving, but equal sacrifice. It's not about equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And when I look around the room, I know that we're all in different places. I see young people. I see students. I see seniors on a fixed income. I see different people at different places in their life. We all have a different gift to give today. And we see that even in the story. The Bible talks in in Nehemiah 3 about these um, groups, these family groups, building large, expansive sections of the wall. It even talks about one group that built one section, and then later on it talks about another section that they built. And yet there were others that built just a small section, and then there were still others that helped just to put the gates in place. That's what they could do. But everybody participated, and I just love that beautiful picture of everybody feeling that they can be involved. And whether it's big or small, we can do something, and what we do matters. And you know what? Here's my heart in this. It's not about how much we give, but it's about just saying, God, what do you want from me? How do you want me to participate? This is my house. This is my family. I want to give. Lord, you lead me. You tell me. And I don't want you to give a penny more or a penny less than what God asks you to give. And I believe that in that context, God will meet all of the needs. I I trust my father. He's got it. He's looking after us. And, um, and we just have this great opportunity to be a part of things. You know, Um, I talked last week about the third of a shekel. It was actually the first heart for the house offering ever given. It was a third of a shekel, which in modern times would be about $160. And so some of you have come prepared to give that amount based on last week's message. Others of you can do more and others of you can only do less. And that's okay. We're trusting God and God's got it. And if we all do our part, we're going to be amazed amazed at what God does with his people for his house. Second thought is this. Rebuilding is about creating access to God. That's been our heart in this. The rebuild of GT, the the remodeling, the renovations we're doing, those of you watching online, increasing, enhancing our online presentation has all been about access. We just want people to find Jesus. We want people to have access to God. You know, in Nehemiah 3, there's this specific um, focus on the different gates that were a part of the wall of Jerusalem that was being rebuilt. They talked about all of these different gates. And they're funny. It's like the horse gate and the fish gate and, you know, the, the rainbow unicorn gate. Actually, that one wasn't there. But there was a particular gate called the sheep gate. And I want to read to you from Nehemiah chapter Uh, 3 verse 1. Here's what it says. Eliashib, the high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place. So I want you to understand this is the very first thing recorded that they actually built. Chapter 2 talks about, hey, let's go, let's rebuild. This is the first thing they built. And the first thing they built put a priority on God's house. The first thing they built was the sheep gate. And guess what the sheep gate was for? Yep, it was for the sheep. You're right. You guessed it, didn't you? You were saying, sheep? You know, it's like in Sunday school class, there's just a few answers. It's either God, Jesus, or Moses. Today it was sheep. 
That's right, sheep, way to go. The sheep gate is for sheep, there you go. But this is very significant because it wasn't just ordinary sheep. The sheep gate was located close to the temple and it was for the sheep that would be used in sacrifice on the altar in the temple. It was a picture of saying the first thing we're going to do is establish and protect the house of God, the worship of Yahweh. We're going to make sure that that is fortified because that really, really matters. And there's a picture here, friends. Don't miss the deeper picture. What would God be saying to his church today? Listen, Who is the lamb that was slain? Who comes through the sheep gate? Who is the one who created the moment where we were passed over? Who is the Passover lamb but Jesus Christ, the one who comes up through the sheep gate and gives his life in sacrifice to you, for you and for me? And because of that, we now have access to the presence of God that no longer just lives in the temple, but dwells in our very hearts because Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was slain to save sinners like you and like me, because he's not just the Lamb, but he's actually the gate. He actually is the gate. Thank you, Roy. I love you, brother. Keep clapping, man. You do that. Encourage your pastor. Love you. You know what? I don't want us to miss this point. You know, the the Bible gives us this beautiful picture in John 10. Jesus talks about himself here. And he says, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. This is a picture that Jesus is making. And don't you know, he understood He understood what his father was all about. And he stood and watched eternity as it unfolded, time as it unfolded. He was present with the father when that sheep gate was put back in place. And he sees the picture and he calls it out for us right now. And then in verse 9, he gives us the, the bigger picture. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And so listen, let me just be very clear. For us as GT in the rebuild, what's the most important? Jesus. Who's on top? Jesus. Who's the one we're following? Jesus. Who's the one we celebrate? Jesus. Who's the one who should be famous? Jesus. We want him to be first. When it comes to rebuilding, we want Jesus to be first. He's our priority. And you know what? Maybe you don't have a living relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that what Jesus said about himself is true. He's the gate. Enter through Jesus. And the Bible says whoever enters through him will be saved. Reach out to Jesus. Offer him your life. This can be your moment right now. You just say it simply. Jesus, come. Be my savior. I'm choosing to enter through you. Lead me through the gate and into the presence of God. All right. I want to give you a picture here. It's so cool. So in, in ancient, you know, in ancient Israel, there wasn't a whole lot of lumber around. And so, you know, um, trees were, were, were scarce and lumber had to come all the way from like Lebanon. 
And so what they would do is they would use what was on the ground, and that was rocks, lots of rocks. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but there's rocks everywhere. You, you, there's no shortage of rocks. And so what they would do is they would pile up stones about three feet high and make a sheep pen out of it. That's how they would make the sheep pen. And there would be an opening at the front, and so the shepherd would lead all the, the sheep in, and then the shepherd himself would lay down in front of that opening in order to protect the sheep. And I want you to see that picture. The shepherd actually becomes the gate. He's the one who makes sure who goes in and who comes out. He's the one who makes sure it's time for the sheep now to go to pasture. It's time for them to come in. You see, Jesus says in verse 10 of John 10 that he has come to give us life. There is an enemy who wants to climb over those rocks and steal the sheep out. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it to the fullest. So we enter through Jesus, the gate, the gate for the sheep. So today, this is our message We want people to find Jesus. We want them to find the comfort of Jesus. We want them to find the salvation of Jesus. We want them to find life in Jesus. That's why we say there is life here, because the life is in Jesus. And so we give today so that more can know the salvation of Jesus and more can enter through the gate of who he is. Amen? That's our heart. That's why we give today. Yeah. And it is, it is um, you know, coincidental, if you will, that we're actually working on our physical sheep gate, you know, the, the main gate where all the sheep, bah, you and me, where we come in the building, where we come into the house of God. That's what we're working on right now. This new front door, this new beautiful space where people can feel the welcome of God and come on in. It's pretty exciting, pretty neat. Third thought I want to give you is building into God's house builds into yours. I, I honestly, I believe it. I've seen it in my own life, in our family, in my heritage from my parents and my grandparents passed down to me. When you build into God's house, God builds into yours. And that is true. I really believe it with all my heart. And so I want to read you a verse now. Uh, it's verse 28 in this chapter. It says, above the horse gate, not to be confused with the unicorn rainbow gate. This is the horse gate. The priest made repairs each in front of his own house. That's a key thought. Each in front of his own house. So you can imagine the motivation there. This is where I live. And where I live, the wall is broken down. I'm going to fix that first. (laughs) I'm going to fix that part right there. So when the bad guys come, they can't get me or my family. I'm going to build this part of the wall and I'm going to do it with heart and soul because there is an effect on my life. And I want you to see the principle here. When the priests invested in the wall, they were investing in the safety and protection of their own home. And the same is true for us as we invest into the kingdom of God, as we give into the kingdom. God brings blessing back to us, the blessing of joy, the blessing of protection, the blessing of possibility, the blessing of salvation and grace that flows into our very lives. You know, I, um, I was thinking earlier this morning about this, and uh, in our early service, I made mention of this, um, that, you know, when I look at Pastor Ron and Jill, uh, Pastor Ron was the pastor that I followed. He was the lead pastor here for 25 years. 
And um, when I think about his family, and I see Todd and Riel are here today, I, I think about the generations. And I think about this concept of building into God's house actually builds your house. And I think about Todd and Riel who are here, and about their kids, and how they've been invested in, and, and how now their son, Brendan, is on our staff, and took the middle schoolers out today. And when I said, I think maybe Pastor Ron and Jill are feeling the joy and the blessing of building into God's house and having God build into his. And when I said that, he did some fist pumps in the early service like this. And that's about as demonstrative as Pastor Ron gets. So he was fired up. Fist pumps, friends. Fist pumps. That's right. You know, the the heart is so true. This is what we believe. As we sow, we sow with faith. We believe, God, I'm sowing in and I'm believing there's a blessing for my house too. You know, four more times in Nehemiah 3, this concept is mentioned of different people that built against their own house. And you know what? I, I researched this and what I discovered is the names of those four other men who built against their house, they actually, their names mean something. And the meaning of their name it just like exploded in my heart. Wow. What their name actually means is what we use to build. It's what we use to build the house. It was such a, a beautiful concept. So let me, let me not take too long, but just share their names. The first one was this, and it was Jediah. And Jediah means he who calls unto God. And so what does that mean except that when we build, we build with prayer. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're going to build your house? Yeah, we're going to build the house of God. It's going to be done with prayer. We want to be these kind of people who build over, against, across from our own homes, and we build with prayer. The next one is Benjamin. And Benjamin means son of my right hand. And I love the concept of the right hand in scripture. It's so powerful. I encourage you, do some research on that. Every time you hear about the right hand of God, I want you to pay close attention because the right hand of God was the hand of blessing. When, when, the, when the people of God would ask God to, to rise up against their enemies, it was the left hand, the hand of judgment, the hand of wrath. But the right hand is the hand of blessing, the hand of grace, the hand of peace, the hand of protection. And so what do we build? with. We build with prayer, but we also build with the blessing of God. Amen. I feel the blessing of God today. It's in this house. It's for your life. The third one is Zadok and Zadok means justice. And I want to qualify here because justice isn't always just justice. In fact, there's some things that are going on with the concept of justice. When we talk about God and God's justice and, and justice in some ways is being hijacked by our culture. And we're, we're calling it social justice. But actually what it does is it eliminates God's kingdom and elevates man's works. And we celebrate what man is doing in the name of justice. But listen, don't be misled. That's not what the Bible's talking about. The Bible's not talking about social justice. The Bible's talking about God's justice. And God's justice flows from his throne. It brings his kingdom. It brings the redemptive work of what Jesus did on the cross. It redeems what has been fallen because of broken man and broken society. And that's the kind of justice that we build the church with. Amen? God's justice. God, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. The last name is Meshulam, Meshulam, and it means devoted. And I just see in this a concept of rich, deep, abiding faith. 
you know, not the kind that is convenient, but the time that is deep, the kind that, that, that is long-suffering, the kind that is submitted to the authority of God and committed to the way of God. And we build with devotion. So yes, we build with prayer. We build with blessing. We build with justice and we build with devotion. And so the principle for the GT family is so clear. Those who build a strong church are also building a strong home. There's a flow here. There is a connection. There is a link. And I don't want us to miss it. So when you build into the church today, you know what I'm believing? I'm believing that in the same way, God will help you build an altar of prayer in your home. As you sow into the church today, that God will bring his kingdom right into your home. And your children and those that you love will long for God's kingdom. I'm believing as you sow today that there will, there will be a deep devotion to Christ that flows in and through your home. And that you will have the blessing of God's right hand in Jesus' name. When you build into God's house, God builds into yours. Rebuilding also brings encouragement and strength. And this is my last point. Strength, encouragement. You know, the word repair is mentioned 35 times in this chapter alone. And that word is really neat. The, the Hebrew word is chazak, which is fun to say. I have a son, I have a son named Zach, so I just go, chazak. Good to see you, man. How are you doing? Chazak. And it means to strengthen, encourage, and make strong. That's literally what it means. And so repairing is not just about bricks and mortar. Repairing is a much larger concept. Chizak is not just about putting bricks in place or, or putting beams in place like we're doing next door right now. It is about encouragement and making strong. And I just believe with all my heart, that's what God wants for this family, that we're going to strengthen the walls and we're going to encourage the people. We're going to see God move. And this isn't about my money and it isn't about your money, but it's about the common heart that we have because we believe that this offering will strengthen the house and encourage God's people. I really believe that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish um, in just a moment and we're going to have an opportunity to give together. And so it's an anniversary day and, and you know, there's a parallel between our anniversary and chapter 12 of Nehemiah, where they talk about the dedication of the wall. The wall's complete, and they dedicate it. And they do it in a really unique way. Uh, Nehemiah commissions two choirs, and they get up on the wall, and they start in one place, and they literally circle the wall. And I actually had the privilege with Lisa and our son, Zach, to walk the wall in Jerusalem. But you can walk around the wall. And so the choirs, one went this way, one went that way, singing the praises of God, rejoicing. And the priests were anointing stuff with oil and saying all kinds of stuff. And they went all around the wall. And then they get to the far side and they get down and they all together go into God's house. Why? Because it's always been about God's house. That was the point. So they go into God's house, and we get to that verse that I read to you last week from chapter 12, and it says this, And on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. Now what a cool parallel that is. We give because of the joy of the Lord which we experience. And I really felt that God dropped in my spirit that today is a day to give with joy. 
Today is a day to say thank you, God, for 98 years. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness to this house. Thank you, God, for the future. And we're going to give. We're going to give with joy. So let's let joy overflow. Let's rejoice with great joy. And the verse goes on. The women and children also rejoiced. I love this last part. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. That sounds like a city on a hill to me. Just shouting the praise of God, glorifying God, thanking God, giving their gifts and making great the name of the Lord once again from disgrace to grace. Amen. Oh, what an awesome picture that is. So good. And so now I want us to do it. I want us to rejoice and give together. I've got my phone here and you can do the same. If you're watching online, you can give online. I just want to encourage the easiest way is probably to go to the church website. That's gt.church give. You can find all the ways to give. If you want to give by cash or check, you can do that at the back at the next steps table there. You want to give by debit. You can do that there as well. But there's a QR code in front of you. If you take your phone and you scan that, it'll give you all kinds of information, many ways to give, text to give, whatever is your normal method, e-transfer. And let's give today and let's give with joy. So here's what I'm, here's my heart. Here's my, here's what I'm envisioning. That we're all gonna be kind of busy for a minute. We have, some of us have to get up. Some of us have to do our, our thing online, that's fine. And then when you're done, just stand and worship with us. And we're gonna sing. And by the end, everybody's going to be done with their, their offering, their sacrifice, and it's all just going to be great joy and worship. We're going to sing about the faithfulness of our God. He's been faithful all these years. And so I want to encourage you now, join me and let's give together and let's worship the Lord. God, we thank you so much. We thank you that you fill us with joy when we simply consider all the good things you have done. Lord, you have been so faithful. Lord, 98 years of ministry is awesome, and we just know you're not done yet. If we thought you were done, we wouldn't give a penny today, but we know you're not done. You're working in this house, and the best days are still ahead. I believe it with all my heart. Lord, pour out your spirit, pour out your blessing, pour out your anointing. Lord, may it spill out into the streets. May the city know that this is a place where they can come and find life in Jesus Christ. And Lord, would you use us to shine the light, to light the lamp today as we give so that we can shine like a city on a hill in Jesus' name. Amen.